0: Did the Minnesota Timberwolves ruin which what was one of the most exciting young teams in the NBA? It feels like they have. Mm. It's time for some real talk in Minnesota. This team was fun last year. They were one of the top scoring teams in the NBA. They were long. They were athletic. They were monsters. And they were exciting. They had the best, ath- uh, like, best athletes, best offense, and now... What do we got? Have you seen any games? If you're a casual fan, have you watched? It's like watching paint dry out there. It's like watching the the Utah Jazz from last year, honestly. It's like watching the Blazers with Terry Stotts as the coach and C.J. McCollum and Evan Turner. That's what we're talking about there. It's ugly out here on these streets right now. And I've been curious. I asked Nick Nurse about it. How's it going to work? How are they going to play them? Together, how our teams going to defend them? They went all in on Rudy. We all know this is probably a deal that we'll never see again. They paid more, overpay. They thought it was going to work. The rationale was that it would strengthen what was a very paper thin defense, right? Very terrible, terrible defense. It allows Carl Anthony Towns to not get into foul trouble, it allows him to function uh, on the perimeter and be a monster on the boards on the weak side, be a monster on offense. And in theory, that works, because in my mind, my brain, when it was explained to me, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But that is only in theory. Theories, when you put them out into the real world, you got to see whether they hold muster. And it really didn't take into account that this Wolves team is largely built for a very, very different offense than, uh, I don't know, two seven-footers, dribble handoff, dribble handoff, dribble handoff that they're currently running in Minnesota with a guy who isn't really a point guard. He's a two-guard masquerading as a one, a.k.a. D'Lo. And again, that was uh, Carl Anthony Towns' best friend, so that's why he's around. Let's say things aren't going according to plan from what uh, Tim Connolly wanted to do. We're closing in on 10 games into the season, and the sample size is producing some concerning results. Let's just say that. The Wolves played the San Antonio Spurs, which is a team that we know and we've talked about is actively tanking for Victor Wambanyama, Right, This team is not going no fucking place. And somehow, they have lost twice of three times? How the hell have they played three times? And they are losing in a variety of very ugly ways. I saw them looking very horrible against the Utah Jazz, who Rudy Gobert was traded from, a team that looks very spicy and exciting now that he is no longer on set team. But it was really a couple of nights ago. That this caught my full attention. Got home, sat at the crib, watched the disgusting offense and defense that is the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Phoenix Suns. The easiest bet I've ever made in my life was Suns' money line against the Wolves. They rolled into, the, into Phoenix and they were three and a half point dogs because there was what? No DeAndre Ayton. And on paper, you gotta like your odds. You had two seven footers, and who do they got? Jock Landale. Jock Landell. I would hit up my uh, co-worker to ask where Jock Landell went to school because I can already hear him thinking about it and telling me about where he went to school. And Bismack Biombo. Instead, the, the Phoenix Suns ran the Wolves off the court. It was so gross. On offense, the Wolves starting five ran one dribble handoff after another, then one-on-one basketball around the perimeter just you get the ball you get the ball just no cutting no weaving and then a turnover or a chuck or a shot clock violation it was one of the nastiest offenses I've ever seen in my life and of course it didn't work <laughs> think that that shitty offense is gonna work no and Phoenix is one of the best defensive perimeter teams in the league they sussed that out snuffed it out so fast and it was so gross no creativity no creativity no flow until what happened. You already know what happened. Until Rudy Gobert went off the floor. Rudy was off the floor, things started to move better. Sons though then attacked Carl Anthony Towns for the defense of Civ that he is in the middle, baked him and the Timberwolves like their name was rotisserie chicken. I don't really know if that's quite baking. It's more rotisserieing. They rotisseried them like rotisserie chicken. Only their bench had success. When the second team was in against Phoenix, they actually cut the lead to two. Shocking. Starters returned. Night-night, sleep mask for y'all. Lead explodes in balloons again. Earlier against the Spurs, the bench again cuts a massive lead uh, against San Antonio down to a few points. Then Rudy and the starters come in, murdered. It's murder. And that is the issue. Rudy. Rudy is the issue. Carl is the issue, and Rudy is the issue. But them together, whew, shh, horrible, horrible. And I think Rudy could bring something to some team. Like, I don't think he's, like, completely unusable. But is he usable for the Timberwolves? I don't know yet. I am not sure. I am reserving judgment. I am saying, though, let's keep our eye on it very closely. I don't think my uh, Minnesota has any idea how to use him at the same time that they're using Carl Anthony Towns. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah! They're trying to balance two seven-footers with different games, different styles, and they're trying to make it mesh with, I don't know, a six-foot-six guard who wants to operate like Michael Jordan, and he has no fucking space. That's where we're going from here. Anthony Edwards, who took a massive leap forward to MVP-type stardom last year. How do we know that there's an issue with him? How do we know there's an issue with his team? He has zero dunks on the year, folks. None. Almost ten games in, he has not one... Zilch of a dunk. He was asked about it. What do you think he did? Psh, gave us the gave us the PR answer. No, he's a treasure. Of course, he told us the truth. He says everybody's in the paint. I'm only six four, six five. By the way, Aunt, you're six six. You know that. I can't jump over everybody, man. I ain't as tall as Giannis. Everybody be asking me to dunk the ball like it's all peaches and cream. I gotta get a good lane to dunk the ball. Yes, A.K.A. According to Aunt, according to anybody with two eyes the spacing's fucked up. Ant can't get his. Rudy clogs up the middle. Ant can't cook. He has to take mid-range shots. Mid-range shots, one of the least efficient, one of the most difficult shots to make in this league, one of the least valuable. He doesn't heat up because he's not getting easy buckets, not going to the line. In the playoff series against Memphis, Ant Edwards went to the line on average six times. This year, four times. He's only had six free throws once this year. If you want to know how confused Dan is about this, he's pretty confused. Let's let's show you his post game presser after the Wolves got just absolutely demolished by the Suns. He's telling me that when we're in the game, we're losing and when they're in the game, we got a better chance <laughs> of winning. So, I don't like the sound of that. So, we going to figure it out. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. Well, we'll go last question to Leo, Leo go. That's crazy, bro. We all in the minus and y'all all positive. Hey. All of the starters are negative for the game. All of the bench players are positive. Yeah, that is fucking crazy. It is because everybody was not expecting that. So there's a problem. There's a little problem, little baby, two baby, seven-footer problems. And they have become big issues because if Aunt Edwards, one of the most happy-go-lucky players, isn't happy, the team's future is murky. And there is no way Ant wants four years of nothing but 15-footers. No shot. Just just three-point chucks and 15-footers. How do you fix it? I mean, number one, either De Anthony, De Anthony, either D'Angelo Russell needs to turn into a real point guard or he needs to go, pretty much. He either needs to turn into Tyus Jones or they need to get Tyus Jones, pretty much. There's just not enough thought given to putting Anthony Edwards in the place where he succeeds, and he should be put in the positions to succeed at all times. And that falls on not just Elo, but also Chris Finch. Let's be honest. Do we feel like maybe a more creative coach could make this thing work? Do we feel like maybe Nick Nurse could make this work? And that's no shade because Chris Finch and Nick Nurse are friends and they've coached together and they have worked together as pros. But this offense is stagnant. You should probably pass the ball more. You should probably cut without the ball more. You should probably, I don't know, put some more fast athletic players out there and that want to try. This could be also a huge mistake. Honestly, we could look back and say this was maybe the greatest trade blunder of all time, given how much they gave up, how much they're probably never going to give up again for a player of this caliber. And the bummer is that one of the most exciting teams in the NBA last year is going to have to be boring to succeed. I don't want that. Do you want that? Rudy Gobert fucking sucks. Honestly, like, he ruins everything. He ruined Donovan Mitchell, he ruined basketball when he shut the league down due to COVID and his mouth all over the microphone, and now he's ruining our Minnesota Timberwolves being the darling of the NBA. The upstart team. A-Rod must be pissed. Fuck that guy, he's probably saying. Next to the Grizzlies, this was probably the most fun team in the league. Now, boring. Half-court offense. That might get you 50 wins and a I don't know, first-round first exit. At best. At worst, this team is a lottery team. Mm. I hate to say it. The last two days, everybody's seen it. Everybody's talking about it. People are starting to come around. Charles Barkley said that starting two seven-footers can't work in the modern NBA. It makes it too hard to guard the three. And, you know, it's a three-point driven league. Teams who the Wolves have to beat out, they all shoot a lot of threes. Mavs, Suns, Warriors, Clippers. Shoot a million million a game. 60, 65 a game. Finally, even Chris Finch knows. Ooh, butt's starting to get a little warm, huh? He said, uh, KFAN, the local sports station, there really hasn't been a whole lot of growth with our unit yet. We haven't been able to find or sustain when we do find a consistent rhythm on our offense. Offensively, we're behind where I thought we would be. I thought we'd be a little further ahead. And when I started looking at it, we dropped the big stone in a puddle, and we've got some big ripples right now. The big stone is Rudy Gobert, isn't he? He is. We need to keep working on it and figuring out some new concepts that are probably going to put our players in slightly better positions than we have been putting them in. I have a thought. Why not bring Rudy Gobert off the bench? I don't know. Bring him in for defense. Sounds like a guy who traded in a vintage Porsche for this new model only to find out that it's a Honda in a body kit. It's not a Porsche at all actually just a body kit the wolves now are playing awful gross basketball tough to watch but from a betting perspective automatic money just fade them just fade them all year long how long is it going to take to figure it out i hope 60 games i hope 82 games because i want to make money this season but if you're a timberwolf fan you've got to say man things unravel before they even got going at what point do you say maybe someone's got to go what point do you say Harden went a year into his tenure in Brooklyn maybe we should probably let Rudy go or maybe we should let Kat go someone's gotta go at that point who goes remember like I said the Nets gave up a ton for Harden and he too was gone in a little over a year